Do you have an idea for a podcast, but you don't know where to start? Maybe you're overwhelmed by all the tech or you're convinced nobody will actually listen to you. Well, I'm Shauna Game. After nine and a half years as a professional podcaster, at this show, everyone's talking money. And 25 million downloads later, let me tell you the secret to a profitable podcast. It is building a solid foundation, your podcast roadmap before you launch. That's why I created the Podcaster Class, a fast-paced group cohort podcasting for profit eight-week style NBA program. The Podcaster Class is immersive, comprehensive, and insanely motivational. If you want to create a podcast, DIYing a launch is just not the way to go. In the Podcaster Class, you'll get the tools, tips, and strategies to create a podcast that resonates with listeners and one you can be proud of. Get this. 90% of podcasters never make it to episode three. That's 2.8 million podcasters who just quit. So to be a top podcaster, you only need to publish 21 episodes, but you got to make them good. So in the podcaster class, I'm taking the mystery out of how to create, launch, and profit from your podcast so you can create a top 1% podcast just like this one. The May cohort is now open for enrollment. Classes start May 22nd. There are only 15 spots open. You are going to learn podcasting with me and 14 other amazing people. You can learn all the details at thepodcasterclass.com. Use code podcast when you sign up for $100 off. That's thepodcasterclass.com. I'm going to be real with you. Identity theft is on the rise, and you do not want to wake up one morning and discover that your bank account has been emptied or you're overdue on credit cards you never even applied for. We talk about this often on the podcast, but you don't realize how much of your information is available to scammers on the internet and how susceptible you and your family are to identity theft and fraud. I know, it's scary, but now you can get your data removed with Delete Me. That's why I personally choose Delete Me. Delete Me is a subscription service that removes your personal information from the largest people search databases on the web and in the process helps prevent potential ID theft doxing, and phishing scams. I just started using Delete Me and I got my regular personalized privacy report. (laughs) I was shocked what they found and removed. It was pages of information about me that I did not want online. Here's how it works. You sign up and provide Delete Me with exactly what information you want deleted, and their experts take it from there. I cannot tell you how relieved I felt to have Delete Me. And you know, it's also a great service for your parents or grandparents to help protect them from identity theft. Delete Me is not just a one-time service. Delete Me is always working for you, constantly monitoring and removing the personal information you do not want on the internet. Take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me, now at a special price for my listeners. Today, get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeleteme.com slash etm and use promo code etm at checkout. The only way you get 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash etm and enter code etm at checkout. J-O-I-N-D-E-L-E-T-E-M-E dot com slash etm. Go to joindeleteme.com slash etm and use code etm for 20% off. Oh my God. So during that time I was saving $100,000, you know, one of the biggest takeaways from that is when it comes to saving money, it's not about the amount, it's about building the habit and the consistency to keep doing it so you can see the results. Yes, that is Bola's brilliant wisdom. 
This episode is an exciting reboot of Bola's episode that aired last August 2019 when the world was just a little bit different, (laughs) but her message is even more important today. The big question is, why are you searching for financial independence? What does it really mean to you? And what steps are you willing to take to get there? Because newsflash, it does not just happen. So even if you listened to this episode last year, I encourage you to listen again with fresh ears and think about your why, because I know in 2020, I am thinking about mine. You're listening to Millennial Money with award-winning money expert and serial entrepreneur, Shauna Compton-Gain, where we flip the script on the old school approach to everything your parents never taught you about money. Each week, Shauna creates a safe space by talking with special guests from around the world about money wellness, entrepreneurship, traveling like a boss, and what makes millennials tick. Unique stories, trailblazing perspectives, tips, tricks, and everything there is to know about money. Find it all here as you uncover your money story and unlock the life you want to live. Pretty cool, right? Here's Shauna, money expert, Indiana Hoosier, and burger aficionado. Whatever you're saving up for, a CD from Sandy Spring Bank lets you grow your savings at a guaranteed rate. Right now, earn interest at 4.5% APY on an 8-month CD special or 4.25% APY on a 14-month CD special. Learn more at sandyspringbank.com slash cdspecials. Minimum opening deposit to earn the annual percentage yield is $500 for the 8-month CD special and $2,500 for the 14-month CD special. Member FDIC. There always has to be a why. Why do you want to save money? Why do you want to buy a house? Why do you want to change your career? Why do you want to retire early? Whatever the why is for you, it's important. Scratch that. I mean, it's urgent that you know your why. Why? Because your why determines everything. How much you need to save, where you should live, what things matter to you. And your why also keeps you from competing with other people because they have their own why. So you got yours. You don't need to borrow their why. Our guest on this episode, Bola Sukumbi, is a financial expert, author, podcaster, and founder of Clever Girl Finance. And she discovered her why way back in college when she saved $100,000 in three years. That is no small feat. For all of us that are just trying to scrape together an emergency fund, $100,000 in three years is quite an achievement. She did all sorts of things to save money, stuff that you and I might think is crazy, but it worked. And now she wants to show you how you can find your why, create massive change in your life, and just have some fun doing it. I wanted to start out, you know, we all know that we need to save money. I mean, practically, that's what we grow up. (laughs) Save money, save money, save money. But sometimes it seems so incredibly impossible. And you managed to save an impressive $100,000 in three years after college, which I'm super jealous about. So (laughs) tell me a little bit, like, how did you do this? I mean, going back to what you said, it is, it can be very difficult to save. Um, and my experience saving that money, um, was no different. It was very difficult. Um, but you know, one of the first things I did coming out of college was I set the intention. So I got a job, um, in New York City that was paying me about $54,000 a year, um, before taxes, after taxes. <laughs> it was about not 40 so much, <laughs> not so much, but you know, to me, it was, it was my first job. I'd never made that much money in my life. I felt like I was a millionaire because I mean, yes. 
whole 40K. Um, <laughs> and I just didn't want to waste the money. I didn't want to, you know, I have this big fear of, of, ever being broke, which we can get into later, but I just didn't want to waste the money. So I was like, what can I do to just save money and make sure that I'm being a good steward of this opportunity that I have? And so I started learning about money and I started to, um, you know, learn how to budget and learn how to invest and invest in my employer's 401k and invest outside and saving bonuses and tax returns. And then I started a side hustle and was saving money um, from that as well. And I also started automating my yes. finances. And what that taught me was that, you know, a lot of times as human beings, we just need to get out of our own way because <laughs> when the money is in your bank account, right? If you're manually transferring it to savings or investments, um, once it's in your bank account and it, you have to manually do it, then you're like, Oh my God, I wanted to buy that dress. Oh, should I buy it? Should I buy it? Should I go to dinner? Should I not go to dinner? You know, and you start having all these mental conversations with yourself. Whereas if you just automated it, you would just send it right away and not even be able to second guess yourself. And so automation was a key factor to being able to save and just really being lean and mean. I was on a steady ramen noodles and Coke. Diet. <laughs> were, you know, I was, I was walking through the hallways at work saying, Oh my God, there's a retirement party. Oh, there's a baby shower. I don't know you, but congratulations. I'll take the free lunch. You know, so, <laughs> it was crazy things like that. Um, but I managed to do that. Um, it was hard, but, but I did it. I, I love that. I think that uh, that's such great advice. And I love, especially when you talked about setting the intention. And I, I purposely don't want to skip over that because I think that's so important when it comes to money is setting those intentions and really whether your word is manifesting or whatever the word is that jives with you. It's just, it's really setting that goal and being super intentional about it. So how did you then say, okay, like this is my this is my intention. And how did you then, I guess, like really connect to that day in, day out? Mm -hmm. So great question. So my intention was just like, why? It's already with my why. Why do I want to do this? Why do I want to save money, right? You don't want to waste the money you're earning. You want to try to save, but why do you even want to do it? And I had to come up with those reasons. Um, number one was recognizing how hard my mother and my father had worked to like just help me get through college and like had sacrificed so much. Uh, number two was, you know, watching my mom console her friends who were getting divorced or her, who had lost spouses who just had nowhere to go, were out of options and had no money and never wanting yeah. to find myself in that situation. And number three was, well, if I wanted to quit this job that I may or may not like, <laughs> I need ding, to have ding, options. Ding. Yeah. And, you know, that was a really a, a valid thing for me at the time because I took night classes in college and just waking up at seven was a nightmare. And I had to wake up at seven or 6.30. And I was like, oh my God, I can only do this for two years. <laughs> <laughs> naive me this is not life who wakes up at 6 30 in the morning oh my god right because i would be up to like 4 or 5 a.m oh my gosh <laughs> after my night classes so that was the other reason and so once once i identified my why this is why i want to save and i had set the intention that i'm going to save then i started to ask myself okay what can i do to actually fulfill this intention what can i do to make sure that i can click i can you know just 
check off the boxes next to each why. This is why, this is why, yes, I've done it. Yes, I can do it for this why. And the most obvious thing was, well, you want to save, but you don't know much about money. It's time to learn it. And so I went online, started looking for communities, blogs, um, and I would just read blogs of people. Uh, a lot of them were white men who were, you know, yes. saving money to, to go backpacking and <laughs> <laughs> build a new shed in the backyard and stuff like that. <laughs> but I was like, okay. I'm not I'll the- use this piece yes. and this piece and throw out the rest. Yes. Exactly. So I did that. Um, and then, you know, at the time, I would just go spend time in the bookstore and picking up any finance book that I could, I could, I could find. And I just started learning about money and learning how to budget and learning how to invest and learning how to allocate and do all these different things. And I just basically immersed myself. I remember as soon as I got to work, I would get to work a few minutes early and I'd grab like a free bagel. <laughs> <laughs> from somewhere, one of the meeting rooms, conference rooms, somewhere, you know. Is anybody eating this? I don't think so. I'm going to take it. <laughs> and I would sit at my desk and I had bookmarked like 10 or so of these websites. I'd, I'd just go to see what they had done because a lot of these people were sharing their personal stories about how they were saving or how they were paying off debt. And every day going to check on those people, like I felt like I was part of their family, their community, and it really, really motivated me to work on the intention that I had set for myself. And obviously, you are an extreme self-starter. You're like a gold star in pushing yourself to hit these goals. But what would you say for people? I, I guess the question maybe is, what do you think gets in the way for most people of not only just like setting that intention, but then taking the action to to actually achieve that? I think a lot of people haven't really gotten clear on why they want the things that they want. and. I believe that if you don't want something bad enough, you're not going to be compelled to pursue it, especially when you start to get into the weeds and go through the motions and the euphoria has worn off. You're not going to be compelled to want to do it. And a lot of times, a lot of what people deem as their why is based on what, you know, society, their, the world, their family has placed exactly. of them as, has placed on them as what should be your why. You should buy your first house by this age. You should be driving this car by this age. You should be, you know, doing all these things. But are those the things that you truly want? And are those the things that truly, truly make you happy? Because if your why are the things that, you know, you know, make your heart sing, then you're going to go out of your way to get it done. Even when it's difficult, you'll find ways to self-motivate or you'll find ways to kind of keep hanging on to the hope. But when it's something that, yeah, I want to live in a mansion by time I'm 35 and it's not really something that you want, like, why should you want to save for that? Oh, I'll just buy the dress and I'll save tomorrow, you know? So <laughs> Priorities. <laughs> yeah. So I, th I think the biggest issue is really getting clear on why you want what you want and making sure that why is something that truly, truly makes you happy within you. Yeah, I think that's really good advice. And you also mentioned this this fear of growing broke. Does this stem from, I mean, you've talked a lot about your mother who's from Nigeria and worked so many different jobs and that really inspired you. Did, does the fear of growing broke stem from that? Yeah. So, you know, growing up, well, I'll start with my mom's story. My mom got married very young. She was 19 and my dad was in his 30s. And, um, you know, he was establishing his career and his idea was 
to have a, you know, a wife who would take care of the kids, manage the household, and he would make the money. And my mom did that, you know, got married at 19, had four kids, you know, and then my parents moved abroad. Um, we moved from Nigeria to Austria, where I was born, because my dad got a really great opportunity. He worked as a civil servant for the Nigerian government, and he had, he got an opportunity, uh, for eight years to work in, in Europe. Wow. So. My mom moves there, you know, and at the time and she's like getting into her thirties and then, you know, she's maturing in her marriage with her friendships and she starts to see things happening with her friends who were like her that she just didn't like. Um, friends getting divorced, friends losing spouses, friends being pushed out of their houses with nowhere to go. There are many times where I would sit in the corner of our living room and listen to my mom console a friend on the phone or in person and the friend would be spending the night in our house because she had nowhere to go. She had no money. She had no options. And that really terrified my mom. Um, my parents are still married today. They've been married for over 40 years now. But she just, Awesome. Yes. <laughs> but she just never wanted to be in a situation where that happened to her and she just had nothing, right? So in her mid-30s, she decided that I'm going to go and get a college degree. And she did that. You know, she got a master's degree. She got two master's degrees and she right just started on. hustling. She started, you know, working full-time, working side hustles, side businesses. And she put herself in a position where she could contribute to our, our household and she could also put money aside for herself. And so as a child, watching my mom console her friends, you know, that was scary for me. Like, oh my God, whose house are we going to have to, are we going to go have to live in? You know? And then even getting older, you know, coming out of college, um, watching my friends and I getting married and having kids and seeing my friends go through divorces and seeing my friends, you know, move countries, you know, for relationships that didn't work out and having to come back and start over. That just, you know, there's just that fear that I just don't ever want to be in that position. So that's, you know, a lot of, uh, of why, um, I just, I do what I do so I don't ever find myself there. That's so powerful. And I would imagine that so many people could relate to that because it's so impactful what you learned even just unconsciously from your parents about money and how that affects how you think, act, and feel about money today. And most of us don't even spend time to consciously think about that. It, but it's it's inside each one of us. But I'm just curious, is there any downsides, do you think, to having a fear of being broke? Um, there are a few downsides. <laughs> I mean, there's always a downside to everything, right? It's like, you know, there's a downside to everything. And sometimes the fear of being broke can just, you know, you have to be able to know when to pause and really like take a step back and look at the progress that you've made. You know, for me, just aggressively saving like that, I just went super lean and mean. Um, those three and a half years, I didn't do, I did some fun stuff, but not, you know, nothing close to what my friends were doing. And when I think back, yes, it was amazing to be able to save that money, you know, but you know, I could have, I missed out on, you know, things like, you know, relationship building, things like right. that. So that was a downside, but I don't regret absolutely not saving, you know, the money <laughs> because once I got to the other side and I was like, wait a minute, I could do this. Then, you know, I was able to find other like-minded friends and just like build new relationships and things like that. So there's downsides. However, um, you know, downsides are not permanent when it comes to improving your finances. I think with, with anything, that requires you to put in a lot of effort to achieve something or to change something. Um, there are going to be downsides, but on the other side of it, you can kind of rebuild. You can, you can definitely rebuild after that.
the weather is getting warmer. I'm so excited. And it is time to say goodbye to all those jackets and sweaters and hello to the shorts and t-shirts. I wanted to update my summer workout wardrobe for the long haul without, you know, spending a fortune. Luckily, I found Quince and I am in love. Quince is your go-to place from everything from premium European linen dresses, blouses and shorts from $30, washable silk tops, timeless, 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. The best part of all, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes those savings on to you. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. I love that. Okay, I bought the dreamiest pair of workout leggings and a bright pink workout top to match. Honestly, ladies, I gotta tell you, these leggings you need. The price cannot be beat, and I feel like a million bucks wearing this cozy workout friendly outfit. I've worn it for like five days straight. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash etm for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's q-u-i-n-c-e dot com slash etm to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash etm. Okay, friend, I want to know, what are your money goals this year? Are you saving to buy a house or maybe a wedding or a dream vacation to somewhere tropical? If that's you, please, please take me with you. Or maybe you want to just grow your emergency fund because let's be real, life is expensive. I want to make sure you reach your goals. So you need Monarch. That's why the Wall Street Journal named it the best app for growing your savings. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. You can create custom budgets, track progress towards your financial goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com etm. Here's what I love. Monarch is the most customizable budgeting app. You can change the layout of your dashboard. You can go between light and dark mode. You can create custom budgets and notifications. You can set up all of these automatic rules for your transactions and notifications and so much more. Monarch is obsessed with constantly improving their product. Get this. They release updates every two weeks, and they even allow customers to submit suggestions, vote on requested features, and view the product roadmap. This, my friend, is totally original. Plus, they will never sell your data to third party or show you ads. I think that's really important. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it is the top-rated personal finance app. And now, listeners of this show get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash etm. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash etm for your extended 30-day free trial. When it comes to financial advice, you got to trust the source. That's why you listen to this podcast. When I'm looking to upgrade my wallet, I turn to NerdWallet. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. Before NerdWallet, I was paying for vacations all wrong. <laughs> I was missing out on miles. I didn't even know I was leaving on the table. Now I've got a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? 
I don't know, maybe that fancy hotel upgrade that you have always been dreaming about. Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. Want to know the number one money question I'm asked? It's how to get started investing without being overwhelmed. So if you're asking yourself the same question, then you have to check out the Investing for Beginners podcast. The hosts, Dave and Andrew, they break down investment terms and strategies in a way you can finally understand. I love that they're making investing accessible and they have an entire podcast dedicated to helping you invest better. Even if you're not ready to start investing, they explain the stock market and financial updates so you can really understand what is being said on the news. If you're ready to learn more about investing, I'd recommend you start with two of my favorite episodes. Listener Q&A, how do you start investing with a thousand bucks? Where they explain how you get started right away. And back to basics of building your portfolio, where they explain how to build a portfolio from scratch. The Investing for Beginners podcast is a great way to start expanding your relationship with money. Find Investing for Beginners podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We've got an Ask Shauna from Becca, and Becca says, okay, this is crazy. It feels like every other day there's a fraud issue with some company or service. I can't even keep them straight anymore. I'm a big believer in credit cards, and since I've been listening to your show, I've accumulated 175000 in credit card points that I'm saving to do a month in Europe next year, which... By the way, I'm so thankful for all your tips because this is literally my dream and it's finally going to happen. Anyway, any tips on how I can keep myself safe? Is there any advice that you have? Becca, this is a great question and a huge congrats. I am so looking forward to hearing about your month in Europe and might I say maybe just a slight bit jealous? <laughs> Honestly, though, we just had a fraud notice yesterday on our main credit card that we use for almost all of our monthly expenses and had to get new cards issued, went through the whole craziness of trying to figure out which charges were fraud, which ones weren't. So no one is immune and it's happened to me more times than I can count. And even being as careful as you can be, things still happen. So one of the best tips I have is just to sign up for fraud prevention notices from all your credit cards and bank if it's available. We have this on all of our accounts and we get a text or an email when something is really fishy. So I love that they're keeping the eye on the ball and I don't have to look at everything 24-7, but I do always suggest looking at your credit card statements online each month just to make sure that all of those charges are yours. And you might be thinking, that's great, Shauna, but I don't have time for my life as is. And I hear you. It's another task, if you will, to add. But I swear it only takes maybe five minutes at the end of the month, but it's so worth it just to verify everything. Also, we pay a monthly fee for myfico.com to get credit monitoring. And I'm going to be honest with you, I have tried all of the credit apps, all of the services, and in my opinion, myfico.com has the most accurate credit score and real-time monitoring that I've found. In fact, when we went to buy a car recently, my credit score was 
quite significantly higher and more accurate on my FICO than on any of the other credit apps. If I'd used the score on the credit apps, I might have freaked out and not bought a car. (laughs) But the myfico.com score was accurate and it was good. So just a little food for thought. If you have another credit app that you love, just stick with it, but make sure you pay attention to these alerts and that they don't just become background noise for you. And I guess if you're all really pissed off, Becca, and you really just want to have some added security, you can always freeze your credit card with a particular company. It's a great idea if you aren't actively using this card just to ensure you won't have any fraud until you want to unfreeze it. It's free to do and you can do it on most credit card sites really easy just with a push of a button. But I would say your best recipe for success is just to take those few extra minutes to set things up so you automatically get the fraud alerts if something happens. And then just double check quickly at the end of the month. Just make sure all of the charges are yours. It's not going to keep you from having fraud on your accounts, but what it's going to do is help you be aware of when something happens like really quickly so you can get on it so there isn't a bigger issue and so you're not out a lot of money, even though if you're with a credit card and there's a fraud issue, there's no problem. If the fraud happens on your ATM card, that becomes another story where they really have to investigate it and sometimes it can take quite a while before you can access your bank account. So... Just be a little careful if you're going to use a debit card for a lot of your transactions, especially when you're traveling. Yeah, I, again, I think that's that's great advice. And 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 you say, I mean, it's it's temporary. Whatever change or adaption you need to make, it's temporary, and you're doing it for a greater. Get greater good. I would imagine at the end of that goal, you were just like so proud of yourself. Yes, it was like, oh my god, I can't believe I did it. And it was, it was kind of weird because you know I would check my bank accounts obsessively, and even <laughs> when I got to like fifty and sixty and seventy, like, okay, yeah, that's great, yeah, this is amazing. But once I crossed the hundred, I was like, oh my god. <laughs> even though it had been building up gradually, 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 there was just something about that six figure mark that just like turned a button off in my brain. I was like, oh my god, I did! I can't believe I did it. <laughs> did you have like a splurge purchase or anything once you hit that mark? Um, yes. (laughs) I mean, not right away, but, you know, once I got over the 100K mark, I had saved well over 100K at this point. And I was, you know, my savings were turning along and I was like, oh, I've been working so hard. I deserve to buy something. And I really, really wanted to get a nice designer handbag, just something I'd always wanted. And I went out and I bought that. Um, And so I definitely did splurge. Um, I splurge. I took my splurging to a different degree. (laughs) Right, right. (laughs) A different level. Yeah. But then, but then later on, I ran myself back in. <laughs> but I definitely did splurge, you know, because I was like, okay, I could take a deep breath now. I've been eating ramen noodles and coke for three years. Um, it's okay, Bola. <laughs> yeah, your your blood pressure is like, okay, we, we, need, we need some variety in the diet here, <laughs> please. I love it. Well, I had a chance to sit down this weekend and um, read your new book, Clever Girl Finance. And I love one thing that really popped out at me is I mean, all the content is just amazing, but there are so many great, like, inspirational quotes throughout the book that really hit home for me. I'm a big quote girl. And I think, <laughs> like, reading those quotes, just it's like this little bit of, like, yeah, okay, all right, you know, and, and then it inspires what you're about to read next in the book. But I'd love to hear from you. 
What are some of the biggest takeaways from your book that you hope readers really like get and let sink in? I think the, what's the biggest takeaway if I was, you know, talking to someone who's about to pick up the book would be just really the beginning part. It's committing to the process. Um, it is adjusting your mindset. It is getting yourself together to prepare yourself to turn your finances around, whether it's saving or paying off debt, whatever it might be. That's the biggest um, takeaway. It starts with you. It starts with your headspace. It starts with your heart. Because if you're not fully in it, doesn't matter how many savings tips I give you, how many debt payoff strategies I give you. If you're not fully in it, you're not going to make the effort. So it really, really, really starts with you. And that's why I begin the book the way I begin it with, you know, focusing on you as an individual and getting your head in the right space to build wealth, especially knowing that um, it is a long-term thing. And are there any, I don't want to steal too much thunder from the book, but are there any practical exercises or like questions to ask yourself, anything like that, where you can really start to think about how you think about money, you know, to maybe somebody who's not, you know, done this before or really thought about these things? Yeah, that's a great question. So a lot of times people will say they're bad with money or they're not good at money um, just because of how they dealt with their man their money as an adult. But one of the things I like to tell people is, you know, take a step back, get some tea, some coffee, turn on some candles and music in your house and really do some soul searching and think back to how you were raised with money. Did you guys talk about money at home? Was it something that was easy to talk about? Was it something that was always difficult to talk about? What kind of, you know, words were being used in your house around right, money? Was yeah. it like, you know, always being broke or we can't afford it? Like, you know, what are those things? Because a lot of times the way that you are raised with money um, set the tone of how you deal with money as an adult. And so it's really important to understand what all those things are and kind of take some pressure off of yourself. It's not that you are bad with money, right? It's that you are raised a certain way and, you know, which is one part of it. And the second part of it is that there are certain things that you may just not have figured out yet. And once you know how to readjust your 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 process or your mindset from how you were raised, and once you learn the things you need to learn in order to do well with your finances, you will be good with money. You have to learn it. It's like riding, learning how to ride a bike or learning how to swim. You don't just jump into the water all of a sudden. You're like a master swimmer. You have to like <laughs> learn how to swim, have a couple potential drownings, and then. <laughs> Hopefully survive. Okay. <laughs> Definitely survive. Yes. And then, you know, you figure it out from there and then you become this amazing swimmer. Right. Um, and so that's how it is. So, yeah. That's a great way to put it though. I mean, and that's a great way to think about it. it is it's learning. It's like learning a new language, learning a new skill. And you're not, you're not just going to get it overnight. And you're probably going to have a few times you fall off the bike or. Maybe you, Scrape you know, swallow, yeah, swallow a little water. I mean, that's just, and I think that's inherent for all of us. I mean, we, we all have that. Somehow I think sometimes people think that people are at certain levels or maybe they make a certain amount of money that they're immune from these things and they're not. And I think that's the cool thing about money is we're all just trying to figure this thing out. Yes, yes. Like there's, it's not, there's no perfection in this game. It might look like people are living perfect lives with money stacked up to like, you know, wherever on the gram. But everybody yes, started the gram. <laughs> the gram. Oh, I have such a love hate relationship with the gram. <laughs> everybody started somewhere. Yeah. Instagram is like one of those things that, you know, 
it's yeah if it's really like derailing you from your goals listen feel free to block delete take a mental break away from it it's okay <laughs> yes that that's our psa for the day <laughs> and i know you're you're you've built a whole business a whole career around helping money helping women you're very passionate about about women like what do you think makes money so unique when it comes to women why do we do things so differently or what's so different about women i mean when it comes to money uh and women we are so you know studies show and this is actual truth. We are better at, you know, budgeting. We're better at investing. We're better at money management. Once we are empowered with the financial education, once we know how to make the correct decisions, we do really, really well with it. And I'm really, you know, the reason why I really focus on women and money is because, you know, unfortunately in today's world, despite how it's made to seem we are at a disadvantage when it comes to finances, right? There is that yes. unfortunate gender wage gap, um, which, you know, doesn't help us. <laughs> but at the Certainly same time, not. you know, as women, we, you know, despite being great investors and great money managers, we give up a lot, right? So a lot of us are, you know, we're graduating colleges at faster paces than our male counterparts. We're starting businesses at faster paces than our male counterparts. But we're, we're even earning more money than our grandmothers and our mothers did, but we're still getting paid less than our peers. Um, we are being told that, you know, when we take maternity leave, it doesn't impact our performance but it's like three months or four months of a year that we're not there to prove ourselves. And even though they say it doesn't affect us, it does. I think there's something, it's, I think it's called the motherhood penalty or something like that. Yes. Um, we take, some of us will take time off of work permanently or temporarily over a few years to raise kids, which means our overall lifetime earnings is being reduced. Um, many of us are single mothers or we are sole household earners or we are breadwinners, right? Um, but then at the same time, we're living longer than men. So we need more money to sustain ourselves. And when you think about, you know, the way just like money is, has transferred down generations and the time that we live in where we're graduating colleges, like I said, we're starting businesses. Um, it's, it's, we're kind of in this position where, where we have opportunity to do amazing, but we don't necessarily have the knowledge because, you know, think back to our grandmothers and our great grandmothers or even our mothers, right? They came from traditional, mostly traditional backgrounds where, you know, in in at that time in the world the man went out as the breadwinner and they were homemakers and even if they did something you know their pri primary focus was on their kids and then their households right whereas sure. we are in the space where like you know female independence you know women's empowerment and we have all these opportunities like we can vote we can drive we can do all these things that they didn't have the opportunity to do which means we can do so much more but we're kind of missing that gap with the knowledge and because we weren't just, you know, money conversations were not things that we had at a dinner table, right? It was things that men talked about at the time. Um, we were not used to having conversations about money. We're not used to comfortably talking about money. We talk about everything else but money. And so that's why it's just really, really so important um, for women to be able to, to, to know more about how to manage their money, how to build wealth, especially given the generation, the day and age that we live in right now. 
Yeah, it's so funny. Whenever my husband will go and be with his friends or they'll go out to eat, I'll be like, oh, what did you talk about? He's like, I don't know, nothing really. And uh, he'll be like, what did you talk about with your girlfriends? I was like, oh my gosh, we covered this, 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 you know? And it, it's just so interesting that, you know, women were like, we're like open. We like to have these conversations and we'll talk about the most intimate things, but money is like one of those taboo things. It's like, oh, whoa, we're not going to go there. Yep. Yep. And it's, you know, a lot of that can be there's comparison, right? Going back to standards, what you should have, what you shouldn't have. You know, guys are more about bragging and like, I just made this amazing stock investment. (laughs) 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 Okay. I'm sorry, male listeners. Yeah. We're not, nothing personal. No, nothing personal. We love you. I'm married to a guy. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but you know, they'll talk about, and they switch topics so seamlessly. They'll talk about cars and sports and women and money and business and they just, talk generally, right? But with us, we'll, t- we'll talk about everything else, but I can't tell you how much money my best friend makes. Right. Yeah. You know, we'll talk about hair and sex and babies and diaper changing and like all kinds of things. Um, but we'll, we'll even talk about starting businesses, but we won't talk about how much we made last year. Yeah. We're going to, we draw this line, this invisible line in the sand. Because I don't want to look bad in front of my girlfriends and I don't want right. anybody to think I'm not as fly as my hairstyle makes me look. <laughs> <laughs> Come on now. Yes, we are. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so it's, yeah we, yeah, we are great with money if we give ourselves a chance. Yes. Well, I'd love to do a little lightning round of a couple questions to kind I'm of ready. round things off. All right. So the first <laughs> one is, what is the silliest thing you've done to save money other oh. than stealing other people's bagels? <laughs> oh, my God. So during that time, I was saving $100,000. You know, one of the biggest takeaways takeaways from that is when it comes to saving money, it's not about the amount. It's about building the habit and the consistency to keep doing it so you can see the results. And I remember this one time I had a, a dollar that I, I was just spare in my budget and I didn't want to spend it. So I was like, I'll try to transfer it in my bank account. And they didn't let me because it was a dollar. I think the minimum at the time to transfer from my, my checking to my like online savings account was like $10. So like, you know what? I'm going to take this dollar. I'm going to drive 20 minutes to the bank and I'm going to deposit it. And I, <laughs> <laughs> I drove the 20 minutes, probably cost me $20 in gas. <laughs> and I go up to the counter. I'm like, here's my $1. And she's like, you want to deposit okay. one dollar? I'm like, yes, please, thank you. <laughs> so that was the silliest thing I did, but it was worth it because it helped me stay on top of my consistency and my habit building. <laughs> yes, victory. Okay, so what is your idea of the perfect weekend? Oh my god, the perfect weekend um, where my kids, who are five, are now like fifteen. They can do their own laundry and iron on the cl- all the clothes and give me a massage <laughs> and make me dinner, tidy up. <laughs> Take the trash out. <laughs> All the manual labor. In stuff. about ten years. <laughs> yes, you've only got ten they years can, to wait. They can mow the lawn. <laughs> take my car to car wash. <laughs> That's great. That's a perfect weekend. <laughs> okay, what is what is maybe like one thing that no one knows about you? I speak German. Ooh, wow. Okay, give us a little. Um, ich kann ein bisschen Deutsch sprechen. That means I speak a little German. (laughs) Okay. I was like, I have no idea what you're saying, but it sounds really good. That's awesome. I love that. All right. Lastly, what is your favorite money trick? If you could give just one, what would that be? Automate. Just makes your life so much easier. Automate. You don't have to think. You don't have to have mental battles. You don't have to like decide to save because it's already saved. Automate. 
Such a great tip. Well, Bola, this has been so amazing. So many gems. I loved you sharing your story. I think it's going to resonate with so many listeners. I'd love for you to tell everybody where they can go to find you and to grab a copy of your book. Yes. Yeah, so the book is available everywhere books are sold as an ebook, audiobook, and physical book. So Amazon, Barnes and Nobles, Target, Walmart, everywhere. Um, and you can find me at clevergirlfinance.com, on Instagram at clevergirlfinance, and on YouTube, and basically all social media. Just search Clever Girl Finance. Thanks so much for checking out this episode. And a big thanks to our sponsors that make this show possible. Remember to subscribe in your favorite podcast player so you never miss an episode. But before you leave, I want to empower you to embrace where you are today, the good and the not so good. And remember, nothing lasts forever. Just keep taking small steps every day and remember how awesome you truly are. Hey, you. Yes, you. Before you go, we want to say thanks for listening to this episode of Millennial Money. For all the links, tags, and ads you've heard on today's episode, check out the show notes or go to mmoneypodcast.com where you'll find more episodes to share with your friends. While you're at it, leave us a review and make sure to subscribe wherever you listen so you don't miss out on all the money tips and tricks that will take you from a millennial regular to a millennial money expert. See you back here in a few days with a fresh new episode.